Hello and welcome to Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I am your host, Vince. Welcome to the program. You guys look fantastic as usual. I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is brought to you by the Gulman Entertainment Patreon. If you like the show, consider checking it out in the description below. There's a link. Bunch of different tiers. You can change your tier at any time. I'll talk a little bit more about the Patreon in a little bit. But first, I'd like to get into a little news about everybody's favorite last-gen Fallout game, Fallout 4. So I have a tweet here that I'd like to read. So for a while, Bethesda has been promising that Fallout was going to be getting a next-gen update, and they promised that it was coming by this year, by 2023. And a lot of people have been waiting for it. A lot of people want to replay Fallout 4 with updated textures, updated graphics, updated everything. Uh, and like I said, Bethesda has been promising it, saying that it was coming out in 2023. And as of uh, December 13th of 2023 at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Fallout, the official Fallout Twitter tweets out, Thank you for your patience with us as we work on the Fallout 4 next-gen update. We know you're excited, and so are we. But we need a bit more time and look forward to an exciting return to the Commonwealth. 2024. And what I think we're ultimately going to get out of that is kind of like the, the mod shop that we're getting with Skyrim. Skyrim has updated in a way, and I, and I don't, I, I got a, Captain Lennox put in the Discord, and I haven't had a chance to really read it. He gave a quick little synopsis that they put a patch in that makes some mods not work, and it's something that they did previously in 2015. They got a ton of backlash and did away with it, and uh, this time it seems like it's, it's here to stay, and I have a feeling that's what's going to happen with Fallout 4. A lot of things are going to be taken away, and mods are going to be a paid experience. There will be some mods, and of course, someone on Nexus will find a way to get around it. But that's what I think is going to come about from this next-gen update, is a marketplace uh, a marketplace that is constantly expanding. It's just paid mods. That's all it really is. That's all the Tunnel Snakes DLC was for, for Fallout 4. Uh, the, the Galaxy News Radio one, again, just a paid mod for the game. And that's what's going to continue with these updates be it Skyrim, be it Fallout 4, but I am looking forward to the update coming out. I don't think I have to pay for it. I think it's going to be free. The next-gen update for Skyrim you had to pay for because they knew people were going to pay for it. I've been wanting to get Skyrim on my Switch. So this is what we have for the rest of the year. We have to wait until the, the, the next-gen update comes out, and then once the next-gen update comes out, we kind of get to see what the future of Fallout is. I'm hoping maybe some things get improved. Maybe there's like a new weapon wheel or something. Maybe like a GTA-inspired weapon wheel. Maybe little quality of life things that will be improved through the next-gen update. Maybe it's not just an update in the sense of textures and, and assets. Maybe it's an update in the sense of like, here's a bunch of things that are going to make playing the game easier. Here's a bunch of things that make playing the game more streamlined make you feel more powerful, make you feel quicker, make you feel like you have more agency in the world. And from that, maybe we'll get to see a little bit of what the next Fallout looks like. Maybe the next Fallout is going to be a quicker... I would prefer if it was a slower game, but maybe the next one's going to be quicker. Maybe it's going to be more fast-paced. Maybe you're going to have to think more on your feet. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's going to be some sort of vehicles that are implemented, even though Power Armor pretty much is the closest thing we have to vehicles in Fallout. If you're, if you're planning on playing Fallout 4 again for the 15th time or what have you, once you go through the update, leave a comment below. I'd love to know, be it a podcast service or be it on YouTube. Let me know what, what your ideas are, if you're going to go with the Institute, if you're going to go with the Brotherhood, if you're going to go with the Railroad, what kind of a build you're going to make. 
I'm really curious to know because I think when it comes out, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to I'm going to boot up the old Xbox and do the same exact thing. And I want to talk about the lore, and I'm going to be talking about the lore shortly, but before I get there, I have to talk about the Patreon. Now, the Patreon allows the show to experiment and get bigger and better and stronger. Every week in the Patreon, I ask a question, be you at the $1 tier, the lowest tier, the $10 tier, the highest tier, your voice is heard when I ask a poll question, and then you get to choose what this week's lore is. And if you're at the $10 tier, there is a live studio audience tier where you get to sit in on these episodes being recorded live and you get to become a part of the show you get to become a part of the audience so there's some people i have to thank real quick uh starting at the top i have to thank the og noah thank you noah after noah i have to thank danny thank you danny after danny i have to thank marcus thank you marcus after marcus i have to thank mellow millhouse thank you to mellow millhouse and last but certainly not least i have to thank captain lennox thank you to captain lennox like I said, because of you guys, the show continues to grow and get bigger and stronger every single week. And I thank you. And I love you for the love and the support. Now, like I just said, every week I go onto the Patreon and I ask a poll question. Two different pieces of lore from the Fallout series are presented and this week, I use an older one. Uh, the end of the year is always super busy for me. Just a lot of things going on. Personal things, show things, just, you know, work stuff. Not having, not having enough time to work, not having enough time to live. Just, you know, work stuff. Being a live type beat. So if you like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, consider checking out the Patreon. Because even at the $1 tier, your voice is heard weekly when I ask a poll question. And the winner of the poll is this week's lore. So this week's lore by way of Patreon, the Ghoulman Entertainment Patreon, I bring to you Swan from Fallout 4. Swan, a behemoth mini-boss from Fallout 4 that you can find in Swan's Pond, in the Commonwealth, in the Boston Common, in the Commonwealth, in the year 2287. He's born originally Edgar Swan, a low-level institute worker. He stole some cigarettes and was given probation in lieu of jail time, in lieu of getting any sort of a fine. He would be kept out of prison as long as he went through this probation that was essentially an experiment done on him. He was to be given all the food, all the water, all the shelter that a man would need as long as he would sit in complete isolation and journal every single day. What he didn't know is that he was infected with FEV and was going to be observed by Institute scientists. Experiment J32, Day 1. So I nipped a few six. Big deal. Smart asses may run the place, but they can't just do whatever they want. I got rights. Trial worked for me in the end. They agreed to probation. I stay inside for a month, write something every day. They'll bring me all the food and water I want. They think this is punishment? Sure beats scrubbing floors all day. By day six of the experiment, he knew the scientists were observing him and had messed with him in some capacity. He wasn't sure how yet, but he knew that his body was beginning to change because of the scientists. His body ached, he was jittery, and his mind was racing. Experiment J-32 day six should have known something was wrong when they came back with more tests. Every bone in my body aches. I'm on edge all the time, jittery, can barely write, but my mind's racing. Damn it, what's going on? What have they done to me? By two weeks into this experiment, Edgar Swan 
was better by every single account. The FEV was finally starting to take its toll, and he had increased muscle mass and mental capacity, his intelligence. He became stronger, and he became stronger. He became smarter, and he became stronger. It was exactly what FEV was supposed to do. Everything that FEV was supposed to do was supposed to be making these super soldiers. All of that had worked perfectly in Swan while in, in the Institute while they were messing with him. He was completely aware at this point of the experiment, but he was reluctant to speak to any of the scientists about it. From his daily log, experiment J-32, day 14, my psychological evolution seems to have stabilized. The medical team says my muscle mass has more than tripled since the experiment began and my neural efficiency has improved marketably. The particular strain of modified FEV has been, has been a remarkable success. I appear to have received all of the anticipated benefits without the typical adverse effects. My application to join the research team is awaiting the director's approval, although further tests may be in order. I hope to be able to assist with my own experiment in the coming days. By the third week, 21 days in, uh, most of this had reverted at this point. He was starting to slowly decline in health, in mental capacity. His strain of FEV was unstable. His overall all health started to decline. Week three is when the seizure started. So now he's this giant hulking mass of a man who was a superhuman for just a moment and is now seizing out in a small room by himself, scared and alone. He begins to question his fate and fears exile from the Institute like the other experiments. Experiment J-32, day 21. Seizures continue. After the second one this morning, I was ordered back into the observation lab for, for, for further study. My prognosis is poor. I made the discovery myself. The viral strain I was infected with is fundamentally unstable. My mental capacity peaked two days ago and has begun rapidly deteriorating. The seizures are just the beginning. Will they reject me like the others? And as, and as you know, he's not in the Institute when you find him. He's in Swan's Pond. He has his own little piece of the Commonwealth. He has his own little piece of the Commonwealth for him to inhabit. And he is exiled and found his way to an abandoned park in the ruins of downtown Boston. He took the shack for himself and slowly lost his sanity inside it. Now, I, I grew up as a Simpsons fan. I don't know if this was supposed to be a Simpsons reference or not. Um... But there is a note that you can find there that is just called Swan's Note in the little shack, a little strip of paper that's been ripped off that says on it, You are Swan, all caps. I don't know if that's supposed to be a Simpsons reference or not to You Are Lisa Simpson. But it is a, a reminder of who he is as he lost his sanity. You are Swan. You are who you are. The, the FEV has nothing to do with who you are. It doesn't make you more or less of a human. You are Swan. Swan are you. And the fact that that's the only thing that Swan shouts when you see him other than yelling and grunts, I think says a lot in a very, in a very small way. It says who he is, who he was, and that part of him is still clinging on to that itsy bitsy tiny little piece of sanity. He would craft parts of the Swan boats and parts of the other things around the park into his makeshift armor. The sole survivor can ask Brian Virgil, do you remember Edgar Swan? And Brian Virgil respond with Swan. Yes, I saw his file. He was one of the first test subjects. 
years ago. His mutations destabilize, started turning into a behemoth. And that's paraphrase. That's the end of the quote. He starts going into the idea of maybe he, Virgil, he becoming a behemoth and how he wouldn't want to live a life like that. There's a bunch of wastelanders around that will say things about avoiding Swan's Pond or avoiding that area, not going near it, making sure that everything is safe, everything is stable, and letting other people know about it. Found northeast of Swan's Pond, there is a uh, Raider's Advice. It's a little note that says, still think you boys are out of your mind. You want to know how I do it? Head around the north side and rush the bandstand. Be quick, and you might be able to get some defenses up before he notices you. If you can hole up there, you might just have enough cover to outlast him. Whatever you do, do not go in the pond. There's a hollow tape that I'd like to play for you right now. Lost them? Yeah. We made it, Molly. We made it. <sighs> Why'd they let us go? No, no. Come on. Let's keep moving. Wait. The common. You've heard about the common. Oh, God. Mar, look out! Another note that you could find on a dead raider is found up on Kath's body near Swan's Pond. It's no joke, Kath. He's out there. I've seen him. Tore Dave's, Davy's head clean off. Boy never even got his gun out. Give up. Girl like you got a future with us. Don't throw it away for some fool dare. Swan is a character that is completely... Completely foreshadowing for what the Institute has the possibility to do. To just take and take and take and take and destroy and think, oh, well, what is a human life? We can just make another. We can just make another person there. I, I think it would be cool if you could find a swan, an Edgar Swan out there somewhere in the Commonwealth that has all of the original swan's memories up until the point that he was starting to be experimented on. If you listen to what Virgil, Brian Virgil has to say, he says it as if it was years ago, so it's post-war. He is not born pre-war, even though the Institute has been working for over 200 years. He is something later down the line of experimenting with FEV. So you can see how this is just saying how the Institute is. The Institute just wants to take and experiment and destroy and not care about who it's going to affect from this perspective. And I think if you get there and you understand that, then you really, really have an understanding of what the Institute can be. Just some notes and fun facts for you. Because Swan has armor, he's one of the only behemoths, if not the only behemoth with armor on, he has a resistance to damage, energy, and poison. If you cripple one of his legs, it renders him useless and he cannot attack you, won't even throw things. If you're fighting raiders near the combat zone and their health gets to a certain low level, they'll start to retreat and yell, I'll let Swan deal with you, and a variation of that. Swan's one of those characters that I remember finding really early on and in my memory he respawns i don't know if he doesn't respawn i was reading some reddit posts and it says that he doesn't respond respawn in my memory in my playthroughs he came back and i remember like oh that's kind of cool swan comes back that means behemoths can come back in the old the old games in three in new vegas i don't think they're in new vegas they're not in three if you kill a behemoth that's it you kill a behemoth and they're gone in this one they could come back but apparently he can't so the gameplay behind me might have swan in it might not have swan in it i don't know yet i haven't recorded it i hope you guys enjoy that that's swan a character 
that uh, you don't learn anything about until you've killed him. And there's a real gut punch to that. There's a real gut punch to learning that Swan was, you know, all super mutants at one point were humans. But it's a real gut punch to realize, ah, man, that dude genuinely was like a real dude who messed up once and a small little thing that he messed up on ruined the rest of his life. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed. That is this week's lore on Swan. We have to talk about the end of an era, an end of a, of a, of a sad era, an era that I absolutely adore, uh, an era that if I was not a part of, I would not have been able to find out about Fallout 3. And if you've been here for a minute, you probably know that I'm talking about E3. Kyle sent me this the other day, special guest Kyle, from Rhino at Rhino the Bouncer on Twitter. Breaking! E3 has been canceled permanently. An end of an era. And it links to a Washington Post article by Glenn Park saying that it's officially over. It's officially dead. I will link to this article in the description below if you'd like to read a little bit more about it. But E3 was such a special time, man. I don't think, I don't think this, this generation of, of gamers is really going to understand what E3 was, what it meant. Like the excitement of waiting for g4 i think spike tv did it for a while if you're in america at least g4 waiting for that to have the coverage and watching adam sessler and morgan webb and kevin Pereira and uh, uh uh olivia munn and i know i talk about g4 all the time and it's because it held a special place for me when i was in elementary school middle school high school video games were the beginning of high school video games were the most important thing in the world to me i didn't care about sports or girls or anything like i i I just wanted to hang out with my friends and play Call of Duty and Halo and, and Fallout. Like, and it was like, okay, cool. Here comes E3. I remember one year I made a list because it was the, the summer that I was going to buy a 360. And I worked every single day that I could getting paid like under minimum wage <laughs> just so I could afford a 360. And I remember at home going on my computer and writing before I even went on my computer writing down all these games and G4 would just play all this coverage all day long so all day long they would play the same few things over and over again and it'd be like here's a show for 10 minutes and then here's more stuff and they would play it all day long and I wrote down all these different games that I wanted and I made this in like in like Microsoft Word I downloaded a bunch of PNGs that was like Xbox and PlayStation logos. And I wrote down must have games. I wonder if anybody that I gave these to remembers this. I, I have to ask them. I doubt they do. And it was like, duh, duh, duh. and this game, and there was another game that I don't think ever came out that I've always wanted to see if it came out because I wanted to try it because it intrigued me so much. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, please let me know. It's a game where there's in Nikola Tesla's logs, there's like two weeks or three days or something. It's an amount of time, a short amount of time where he is not accounted for like it just is not there in his logs and he never talks about what had happened and it's a game i want to say it's like darksiders but i know that's another game so it's probably not i remember like showing my mom list and she's like that's a really dumb name and i remember being like i really was looking forward to that game and you would like travel through time and you had to go help tesla i don't remember everything about it but i remember that and like I just remember looking forward so heavily to that moment, like to that moment in particular, to, to seeing that game happen and, and waiting for that and giving that out to my friends. And like, I think I put Halo 3 on there because I was like, well, I made this for myself too. I know you guys already have Halo, but I don't. Like just trying to understand what the internet was and trying to like, like just 
man, E3 was a special time, dude. It really, really was, and I'm so sad to see it go. And I like, I know I talk a lot about E3, I talk a lot about G4, but it was just big a big deal in my formative years. And I was just talking to my brother recently, and I was like, yo, don't forget who you were when you were five. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, you are not different very much from the person you were when you were five years old. And, I, and that's what sucks about getting older is that loss of innocence. Like, who were you when you were five? Who were you? Who are you now? What does it mean to you to be an adult? Like, I, all the stuff I like, I've liked since I was little. Cartoons, Godzilla, Fallout. Like, these are all things that I liked when I was 11 and younger. And... To see E3 Ghost feels like a part of my childhood has left. Not died. I don't think your childhood ever really dies. I think you just get older and you look back on things. When I was in high school, I remember we went through a huge Pokemon phase again after, like, denouncing Pokemon. I mean, I kind of did. But then it was just like, yo, we got to play. We got to play Ruby and Sapphire again. We got to play Emerald. We got to play Heart Gold, Soul Silver. We got to play the new ones again. Like, it just, it came back because it was... Uh, for me, at least, it felt like us realizing that our innocence had gone, and and we were no longer we were no longer kids, and we were slowly becoming young adults. And for a long time, that really bothered me. And then, maybe the past year or so, I've really realized, maybe even a little more than that, I've really realized that you're just you. Like you're just you. You you are who you are. Like. <sighs> I, 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 and I'm guilty of it. I'll make fun of people for being an adult and like in Power Rangers or like pro wrestling. But man, if you liked that when you were a kid, you liked that when you were a kid and you genuinely like that. That's who you are. And I remember being, being a kid, being like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and kids started making fun of Barney and I loved Barney as a kid. I had a Barney doll that like I still have somewhere at my mom's house and people making fun of it and like saying they were going to kill Barney and flush his head down the toilet. And that like bothered the hell out of me because I loved that growing up. And I knew that some kid somewhere also loved it and was singing that little schoolyard nursery rhyme thing. And just, I was like, do you mean that though? And to see E3 go just reminds me of all of that. To see E3 leave sucks. E3 is where I, I first saw Fallout 3, man. I first saw... Which I've talked about on a past episode. The reason I... The, me seeing Fallout 3 on E3 2007-2008 is the reason why this show exists. And I guess we've come full circle because now it's over and now I do this. And maybe this is just... Maybe podcasts and just YouTube stuff is the extension of what E3 is. And it's, it is. More or less, it is. One of the biggest gaming podcasts is Sacred Symbols. And that's entirely PlayStation. And PlayStation does their own state of plays... And, you know, I, I was a little boy watching it. Now I'm an adult with a fucking mustache that tickles the inside of my nose constantly. And it looks like I'm picking my nose on podcast episodes, and I'm not. I just, I have an itchy, itchy nose hole because of my mustache. I'll miss you, E3. I really, really will. You were a huge part of my childhood. And I think June is going to feel a lot more tame now without you. If you enjoyed today's episode, the intro music is by the one and only Shane Ivers. You can get his songs uh, with the link below, silvermansounds.com slash free music. Or if you throw a slash feather duster at the end there, you'll be linked to the intro song or all of his other free music. It's just free music. There's a link to 
my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and Kyle's Twitter down there. There's also links to the Patreon. Check out the Patreon if you like the show, or just show the show to a friend. Put it on Reddit. Put it somewhere. I should have said this in the beginning, but I'm incredibly tired, and uh, timing is a bitch. I'm going into the year with a little over 600 subs. I'd like to end 2024 with about 700 subs. I'd love to double it. I'd love to hit 1,200. Um, but I think I do a good job, and if you think I do a good job, it would help if you share the show with somebody. Like I said, the Patreon's down there, the Discord's down there, the Redbubble is also in the doobly-doo below. Leave a comment wherever you feel fit. I love you guys. Thanks for thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for sticking by me. This might be the last episode uh, for the year that I record. There might be one more. Might not. If not, if so, if whatever, I love you guys. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy everything at the end of the year. Thanks for sticking around with me one more year. I'll see you next week. I'm not going anywhere. I have a bunch of episodes that I've already pre-recorded that are coming. I love you. I'll see you very shortly. I love you. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.